0: All right, we're live. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for uh, just the the fresh kickoff, the hope, the the, uh, potential, Lord, that is in this year of huddle. I thank you so much, God, for Pastor John that he's going to uh, bring the message because, Lord, I know his heart is for you. I know that he wants to please you and do all, Lord, to bring you glory. So I pray, Lord, that you hide him behind that cross today that today, Lord, the words that He says will come straight from the throne of heaven and will strike our hearts. God, make us more men of God, men after Your own heart. Lord, draw us closer to You. And as we get closer to You, may You be lifted up, Lord. We commit today to You in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Good morning, men. Thank You so much for the chance to, to huddle. A group have asked me to, to participate. Kick us day off. I'm so honored to be a part of this day and so many of you. I, I, I used to get a chance to see all, all the time. The last eight years, I've been out of, the, uh, out of the community all week during the week. And by God's grace, I still live here. I'm still uh, preaching the Word on the weekend over at First Congo with the, what, the work that we're doing there. Uh, trying to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. But right now, the opportunity is just for us to, to focus in the next 20 minutes on the things of God, to stir each other up, to love and good works, to, to excite ourselves on the things that matter most. when that is that God's exalted, that Jesus Christ is elevated, that our lives are changed. Do you need a transformation, men? I need a transformation every day, every moment of every day. Lord, my life, Uh, needs the transformation that only comes by knowing God, walking with God. So wherever you are in your journey in terms of that, I hope you'll be listening in in terms of that and what God has for you. Uh, Hopefully also you picked up one of these uh, papers around. If not, raise your hand. Somebody at the back will get that for you if you would. And uh, we're going to turn our attention to that in just a minute. But right now, I want to remind you uh, just a little bit about the history of Huddle, right? Uh, Dick just mentioned in 2004, this group began, as I recall, uh, with there were six business guys and six pastors who came together. And really, they were all led by a guy named Jim Jacobs. How many of you knew Jim Jacobs? Yeah, raise your hand. Well, I'll tell you what. Give, uh, give, uh, uh, not that Jim needs a glory song. Give Jim a uh, round of applause, if you would. Jim made a profound influence in many of our lives, and he really, when you go back to the website, and those of us uh, who uh, were part of that, that first or second meeting, I think I missed the first meeting, but I was at the second one, and, and participated in many ways, is to go back to what our purpose is. So as we kick this off, let me remind you, from our website, to grow, strengthen, and encourage men to know Jesus Christ and to make Him known in our community. That's what Helda was established to do. And then the goals. Number one, engage men in the study of God's Word. Number two, make known God's plan of salvation. Number three, provide a safe environment for men to discuss spiritual matters. and Number four, equip and encourage men to apply Christian teachings to their lives. Boy, guys, that's what we've been seeking to do. And you guys have been carrying that continually and continue to grow that. But I remember when we established that in 2004, I was 40. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. I'm going to guess you could go back with me 18 years, right? I was 40. I am now 58 years old. And I was thinking about that in relation to what God has done in, our, in these places, in these rooms, and how He's stirred men up. We've seen men come to Christ. And we've seen men break addictions. and we've, we've seen men transform. But my guess, I don't know about you guys, but I think we've all just grayed just a tad. Isn't that right? We have, right? But it's super important, guys. It's super important that we continue to work at, number one, handing off the ball to the next generation. And not letting them fumble. You know that in the opening weekend in 2021, the opening weekend, 32 teams playing, there were 22 fumbles. These are professional athletes, paid millions of dollars, 22 fumbles. Well, guys, the stakes are so great in our lives when it comes to spiritual matters, we can't afford to fumble. Now, certainly the grace of God supersedes any of our fumbles, and we all got a bunch of them, right? We've all got a bunch of things in our lives where where we fumble many times. We we all can list the links in in each other's lives and in our lives of how we've seen one another fumble. I've seen some fumbles, and you've seen some fumbles. Anybody who's been near me long enough, right? We're going to fumble. But God says, hey, look, I have a grander purpose for you, and I want to do something in your life. One of the powerful principles that Jim Jacobs taught me was uh, representing this, this bucket of water right here. I don't know if you guys can see it right here. This bucket of water. And Jim, one time early on, he was mentoring me, and many of you could probably go back and think of a lesson. And Jim uh, was, was uh, talking to me, and he said, John, uh, you know, you need to remember that every one of us is replacing and we have to continue to invest and invite, and encourage, and invest. So, because I don't know many of you know Jim's story. At 54 years old, Jim began to have a heart problems. In fact, he had a heart attack at 54 years old, and then uh, later on was put on a heart transplant. And At 58, between 58 and 59, got a heart transplant. And Jim, then five months after that heart transplant, April the 14th of 2009, he passed away. But here's the lesson Jim taught me. Hey, John. Put your hand in that bucket. Now, take it out. How long does it take that hole to fill? Immediately. I've been thinking on that for 18 years. He taught me very early on that God said, Look, God's not about replacing people. But God's about reproducing people in people for the next generation. And that's really what has to be the heart of huddle. That really is what, as we look at this 19 years, you guys continue to consider what God has for you and us, it has to be this continually finding a way to move on to the image of sports to pass the baton to the next generation. We have to continue to look into our lives and say, OK, God, what is it and who is it that God's put in my life that I can influence and give them a reminder of who God is and has been to me in such a way that they're going to want to be inspired to walk in likeness to Jesus Christ. Because every one of us knows one thing. Without God, we can do how much? Nothing. 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 Anything of value in any one of our lives is because of the cross of Jesus Christ and the repentance of our own sin that has given us a chance to have anything accomplished. The very breath that each of us breathe in the morning, not one of us can take credit for. The sleep that you got last night, God gives to his beloved in their sleep. A thing that we can't say or do is—is is a reminder that look, the, the bucket principle is this reminder that God has a purpose. Yes, He has a purpose, and He has a plan for every one of our lives. And if we're breathing and we're living, there's a purpose for your life. All of us at different season of life keep looking for the purpose, right? And sometimes, even as I'm beginning to learn about this handing the baton, you're coming in full. If you look at any one, and you find hundreds of videos on YouTube where the baton pass was poor and the team lost. Some of the best athletes in the world, America has done it many times at different world championship games and and other locations, and they've handed off the baton, and all of that practice that they they had going on fell to naught in a split second. Why? Because the person coming in, he was coming in hot, and the person who was running out, they were going out hot, but somehow they missed the handoff. My brothers... God says don't miss the handoff. Psalm 78 says this, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children, to the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they would set their holy in God and not forget the works of God, but to keep His commandments. That's our responsibility. You know, if a study was done in terms of the the greatest impact upon children, you know what the greatest impact upon children is? Grandparents. The greatest impact upon children of all the relationships that they have are grandparents. Grandparents. Some of you in that state, how many of you? My grandparents, we all... Here's the thing. We have two responsibilities. One, as older men hand it off to the next generation, coming in hot, and to do it well. And, and the second thing is to teach the next generation the things of God. So here's what I want us to focus on for just a minute. And that is uh, just six minutes. Here we go. We're going to go through this real quick. And that is what David, his prayer to Solomon, or for Solomon, his son, in passing off in turn of, of establishing the temple. Now David had a heart to do the temple, but most of you know that God said, no, David, you're not going to build the temple. You're going to collect everything for the temple because you were a man not of peace, but of war, and as a result, I'm gonna, you're going to set it down, but you're going to collect all these things. You can read in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 all the things that David collected for his son. Now recall, David's story is this. Let me give you a quick history, right? He kills the Goliath at age 17. He runs from Saul who tries to kill him for the next 13 years, but he arises to be the king. He's anointed as the king probably 10 years prior to him stepping into that. At age 30, he steps into kingship. From age 30 to 70, for 40 years, David reigned. And then he it down and handed it off to his son. You can imagine all the things that of the of the things that the will and testament that that he was giving, but his will and testament was in advance of him being dead. And he read the he read to Solomon and he prayed to Solomon and this is how he did it. And I want to just highlight these things and how God does it, and then I, hopefully it'll be a good discussion. Therefore David, in the midst of this prayer, blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly. And David said, Blessed are You, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and the earth is Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and You are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from You. Listen, it's all from God. Everything is from God. It's all from Him. Anything you have in your life, My life is from God. Verse 14, But who am I? And what is my people? And we should be able to thus do, offer willing for all things come from you. And all you have we have given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building You a house and for Your holy name comes from Your hand and is Your own. So it's all from God and it's all for God. It's all from God and it's all for God. And then there's a third thing we note. Verse 17, I know, my God, that You test the heart and have pleasure in, uprightness. in the uprightness of my heart. I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen Your people who are present here offering freely and joyously, joyously to You. O Lord, the God of the hearts of Your people and direct their hearts towards You, grant to Solomon My Son a whole heart that He might keep Your commandments, Your testimonies and Your statutes Performing all that He may build the palace by which I've made provision. So it's all from God. It's all for God. And it's all to God or unto God. Right? The expansion of all. So He tells him then, well, then how, what are you supposed to do? How do you take that? Well, God puts it in embeds right in this passage how He's going to take them through that process. It's in that cycle on the right. First off, He's going to test your heart. Are you going to live your life? Am I going to live my life where everything I have is from God? For God and to God is that way I'm living. He's going to test us, He's going to examine us. Every one of you have been through some hills and valleys in this life, am I right? Every one of you have had some low times spiritually where you weren't sure God was there. Every one of you have had some psalms that you could write in your own life and say, "My enemies are against me. I I I'm I forlorn for my life. I despair for what's most important. I wonder, God, what your purpose for me in my life is." Anybody get up there with me? Amen. Yeah. Am I the only one who has those kind of thoughts? That my life is worthless and I'm inadequate and I'm not enough? Am I the only one who feels that way? No. But those thoughts are of the evil one. But certainly, God wants to take our inadequacy and our self-domination and get it to a place of humility so He can say, Greater is He that is in you than he who's in the world. So when I get my mind where David finally got after four years, it's all from God, it's all for God, it's all unto God. Then when he tests my heart, I can go back out there to him and say, God, you're testing my heart. You're taking me through the valley of the shadow of death and yet I'm going to fear no evil for you're with me. And your rod and your staff are going to comfort me. Lord, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Though you slay me, I will trust in you like Job said. God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. And once I get in that place, in my space, God says he's going to direct you. Until he tests us and examines our hearts like he did Abraham and says, are you going to lay your son up on the altar or not? Once we get whatever it is up on the altar and they raise the knife and say, God, it's yours if you want it, then God will direct us. Say, no, don't do that. There's a ram caught in the bush. I got something for you. But I want to know you are gonna lay it on the altar for me. Yeah, what's in your life? What's in my life? And God's saying, God, you gotta you gotta lay it up in the altar. You gotta give it away. You whatever it is. If you don't lay it up and I don't lay it up on the altar, God won't lead us to the next place to direct us. But once He directs us, He's gonna direct us to one thing, and that is this last thing, and that is to keep it for the next generation. How we gonna keep it? We're gonna keep the commandments, which are God's standards. We're gonna keep His testimonies, which are God's stories. And we're going to keep his statues, which actually comes from a word that means the prescription. The solution. So God says, look, how do I pass it on to the next generation? Who has God got in my life and in your life? Somebody's in your life right now that's being called to your mind that you need to invest in. And maybe it's somebody who was your flesh and blood, your own children. For those of you younger men who have children, that is your number one priority. Your children are your most significant disciple. Don't disciple everybody else's kids and not disciple your own. And pray that God would give them a heart for the things of God. You'll regret it every day. Be God's man in your home. Be God's man to your wife. Be God's mansion, the people God has put around you to influence, to say, listen, I got one single purpose in my life, and that is to bring glory to God. Amen. One single purpose. Amen. Well, our founder, the Lord Jesus, but who God used, Jim Jacobs, we said this about him in a memorial on his last day. Jim Jacobs went home to be with the Lord on Tuesday, April 14, 2009. He lived a very full, 59 years, and is survived by his wife, Carolyn, his son, Josh, and his wife, Sarah. After beginning his professional life as a civil engineer, he heard God's calling to ministry, and he served God faithfully for over 35 years. He walked amongst us, quietly showing love and concern to everyone he met. He has served as a pastor during this time. Uh, Both a senior pastor, associate pastor, and community pastor. His most recent ministries included huddle and Kairos Men's Prison Ministry. Jim was a man who above all else desired God to be glorified. He was kind, loving, and charitable. His memory will finally remain in the hearts of those who love him. Remembering Jim is easy. Missing him is not. We will always love you, Jim. Guys. Everybody's going to have one of those unless Jesus comes first for you. What's going to be in yours? I pray to God that each of us will have enough people who stand on our day and say He lived his life for the glory and the single purpose that people might be inspired to walk with a living God, who they will know eternally. Amen. My brothers. We're not going to care a hundred years from now anybody in this room about anything else. All we're going to care about is who did I leave and entrust the Word of God, the miracles of how He's worked in my life. Who did I entrust with that passion that they might walk with God? So we need to be men of holiness who follow His Word. God, whatever it is that's hindering your holiness in your life, my brothers, cut it out today. Whatever it is that's hindering your closeness to God and the fullness of the Spirit of God in your life, get it out of your life. Cut off your hand if it happens, Jesus said. Cut it out of your life. Whatever it is, break off your sins. And to get back to the stories of how Jesus Christ has generated life into you and tell your story. Get reconnected to your story. Tell it over and over again. Here's what I was. Here's who Jesus is. And here's what you can be because of Jesus Christ. Because he gets the glory. And lastly, the prescription. The prescription. The answer to any problem in this life is, see first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Oh God, I pray that you would help us as we talk through these things at our tables. Oh God, help us. Oh Lord, we ask that the Spirit of God would hover over these table conversations, the Spirit of God would hover over each table leader. God, direct us to the things that we need to talk about. Help us to tell our stories of how God has worked in our lives. May we speak boldly to one another so we're inspired to the greatness that you have established for us through you. God, we don't seek great things for ourselves, but we seek them that God will be glorified so that you might say to every man in this room, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we say together, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, man.